But I am extremely excited about this morning, a bit daunted. We're talking about Joshua, we're talking about taking land. This morning I want to show us something about how the scriptures can talk to us about losing land. And I felt God very clearly speak to me during the week about what I've got to speak about this weekend. And maybe it's for one or two people, but I think there's, a, there's an illustration in this around our relationship with Jesus as well. But if, so if you can turn to Proverbs chapter 5, please. Proverbs chapter 5. Proverbs is that book of wisdom. Suppose I should get there too, huh? That would be helpful. This is a story or, or, or some wisdom that Solomon, that is written to a man who's about to commit adultery. One of the greatest ways that we can lose ground is in our marriages and in particularly by around having affairs and committing adultery. But what's amazing about this text as well if you read it through the lens of actually our relationship with Jesus, it's actually quite profound around how we can be allured away from the purpose of Christ in our lives and to follow other things and to be seduced by the world and lose something that we haven't got. So I think there's a twofold, two double-edged sword here. I feel like there's some men that are dabbling in the wrong place this morning. And I feel like God is gonna come upon us and I'm praying that the fear of God would come upon us, that we'd fall on our knees, not just men, it's particularly talking about men here, about a man, it's about a man and a woman and an adulteress, but some, there's some people here that are flirting around, an adulterous relationship, you're pushing the boundaries, and God is trying to warn you and save you and bring you back to himself so that you don't lose what he's given you. So let's have a look at what this incredible scripture says. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen well to my words of insight. These are not my words of insight, these are God's words of insight. That you may maintain discretion and that your lips may preserve knowledge. For the lips of an adulteress drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, it is bitter as gall. Gall is hemlock, it's, it's poison. Sharp as, a, but in the end, it is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths are crooked, but she knows it not. Now then, my sons, listen to me. I love the plural there. Now it's now my sons. Men, man, and woman, listen to me. I believe God is saying this morning. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. Lest you give your best strength to others. 
and your years to one who is cruel. Let strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich another man's house. At the end of your life, you will groan when your flesh and body are spent. You will say, how I hated discipline, how my heart spurned correction, how would I, how would I not obey my teachers or listen to my instructors? I've come to the brink of utter ruin in the midst of the whole assembly. And then it goes on to, to talk about the opposite, which is what we're going to talk about tonight. And it says, what you've got to do is you've got to drink water from your own cistern, from your own well, and it says the wife of your, the breasts of the wife of your youth will satis should satisfy you always. But I want to look at the first part of this this morning, and I'm praying that I've heard God, and that actually we get some people's lives are going to be saved this morning. And maybe you're drifting away from God, and you're not in adultery, but you're drifting away from God because actually God likens our relationship with Him like a marriage. And so actually idolatry is actually adultery for God. And so, and maybe you're drifting away from God and actually God is calling you back this morning and everything that applies to the adulterer actually can apply to somebody that's drifting. And I know that's quite tough and hard, but it's reality. So let's have a look at what he says here. He says this, listen well to my words that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. The implication, friends, is that if you don't listen to him, you will lose discretion and you will lose knowledge. One of the first signs around adultery and around our, our being deceived and being allured away from the wife of our youth or the, the husband of our youth, and as we start to get caught up in this relationship that is not right, one of the first things that happens, friends, is that you lose discretion and you lose understanding. You, you, you lose your mind. I've had this over and over again in, in, in counseling relationships around this. The, you can't see it. You lose discernment. Your thinking goes skew. You're, you're, you're planning your purpose. You forget the big picture of what God's called you to do. And he's saying, yeah, be careful because actually what you need to do is I want you to maintain purpose. I want you to maintain the plan for your life. I want you to maintain the big picture. I want you to, I want you to maintain wisdom. And what you're going to do if you don't listen to me, you're going to lose all of that. When you get involved with sexual sin, you go stupid and you start talking rubbish. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. We'll start amening each other. Amen. Amen to the word. Friends, sexual sin is not like normal sin, like other sin, let me say. Sexual sin, you commit against your own body and something goes doff in your mind. You start losing your mind. You make stupid decisions. You make stupid assumptions. There is no logic to the plan that is in your mind when you're about to commit adultery. And he warns us here. He carries on, for the lips of an adulteress drip honey and her, her speech is smoother than oil. The grass always looks greener on the other side. 
It's not. He's going to go on and tell you why. Friends, if you're in the midst of doing this, or if you're in the midst of walking away from God because you think, actually, what is this and what is this all about? Friends, the grass is not greener on the other side. It talks about her lips. Her lips. Talking about the externals of her. What she looks like. What happens is when you, when you start to move down this road, you lose your sight. You can't see properly. He then talks about appearances, alluring like honey that attracts like a bee. Your tastes get affected. Your sight gets affected. Your tastes get affected. I am absolutely amazed how often men have affairs with women that are nowhere as pretty as their wives. True story. Why? Because when you're in this, you lose your sight. You lose your taste. True story. Her speech is smooth, smooth and sensuous. You lose your hearing. It's like ointment, which is healing and soothing. You lose your touch. Oil was generally used for fragrance and for perfume. You lose your smell. Friends, what he's saying here is he's saying this. He's saying when you start to go down this road, you lose all your senses. You lose all sense of reality. Everything changes. Guard your heart. Watch where your heart is going. Men, I want to charge you this morning. Listen to me this morning. Because it's not just about a physical affair. It's the affair that you have with your computer or your cell phone as well. You start to lose your mind. It changes your taste. It changes what you think is beautiful. Verse 4. But in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. In the end, not straight away, but eventually you get to the place where actually it's poison. It's not going to end well. It's not going to end well. Friends, what starts in sin is not going to end in purity. What starts in sin is going to stay in sin unless God comes in and does a radical work of redemption. Her appeal is skin deep, friends. Yeah, but she talks so beautifully to me. Yeah, because she doesn't know you. If she knew that you were a chop, she wouldn't be doing that. And she should know that straight away because you're committing adultery with your wife. And what's going to matter is she's, you're going to do the same to her. Sorry, apologies. In the end, it's going to end in poison. And he says it's like a double-edged sword. It doesn't matter which way you touch it, it's going to cut you. This is not going to go well. I, I, I'm praying that God is arresting some men's hearts and potentially some women's hearts right now this morning. And he's putting his hand on your, on your mind and on your heart because actually we're into taking ground. We're not into losing ground. We're into building marriages of strength. We're not into losing marriages through divorce. And there's no condemnation if you are divorced. But if you're not divorced, you fight. You don't walk away from the wife of your youth. 
Number five, her feet go down to death. Her steps street lead straight to the grave. Man, it's just getting worse and worse. From poison to a double-edged sword to the grave. But yet we can't believe how beautiful she is. She's so amazing. She's not amazing, friends. Her lips, her, her speech is like oil, smoother. It's beautiful. It's, it, it feels beautiful. It's not. You know why? Because you don't, you lose all your senses. You can't be trusted to make decisions in that place. And you've got to let the Word of God guide you in this. If you're in the midst of this, or you're thinking about this, let the Word of God come in you. And I pray that this scripture, you'll read it this week, and it'll get deep inside you till you get a revelation that God's given you a wife, and that's the one you're to be married for for the rest of your life. That actually this is not going to go well. Verse 6, she gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths are crooked, but she knows it not. Eugene Peterson says this about that word, that, that verse. She hasn't got a clue about real life, about who she is or where she's going. Friends, she hasn't got a clue about real life. And where you are right now, you haven't got a clue about real life. You're living in the clouds. What you're about to give yourself to is not God leading you to better, to greener pastures. It's not God's saving plan for you. It's the devil's death plan for you. This is not real life. It's not real life. There's no reality to this relationship. Nothing. This is not going to end well. Verse 7, Now then, my sons, listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. He now transitions the text into the consequences of, of this sexual sin, of this, this, imperial, this, this relationship that's about to go. Friends, to date, right now, if you've listened to what I've said, I'm praying that God is putting something in our hearts. Friends, Jesus wants all of our hearts. Jesus is my vision. Jesus is in my heart. Jesus is all of my life. And if you want Jesus in all of your life, don't be allured by the adulteress. Don't be allured by the world. Don't be drawn away from what God has for you. This is what he carries on to say in verse 8. Keep to the path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. It means this. Make every effort to cut ties with that person. Very spiritual, eh? You know, you know the way that you, get, you deal with sexual sin? You know, it says resist the devil. It kind of, there's this kind of concept that we have. We've got to resist the devil, uh, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. When it comes to sexual sin, you don't try to resist sexual sin. You get the hell out of there. Must I tell you where the power of God comes in sexual sin in your legs? You run. You run. You don't try to resist that. You run. Friends, let, I'm praying that the, the power and the presence of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is on us this morning, giving us power to run away and walk away from illegitimate relationships. And whether that be with something in the world where you're tanking around and messing around with, and, and putting everything that God's put in you at risk, or whether it's in a marriage context, it doesn't matter. You run. You get out of there. Don't go near her house. Take another path far from her. Turn everything off. Get out of it. And as soon as you feel like actually that's the, you, you, you know the thing is this, 
The reason why you feel like she is going to be the one that's going to satisfy you is because there's something wrong with you. You've got a deficiency, there's an orphan-heartedness, there's something in you that God wants to deal with. Because friends, when God knits you in marriage, and God puts you together, and he says, let no man separate that marriage, put that together, what I put together, let no man separate. There's something that he puts there for a plan and a purpose that actually requires you to be whole in that relationship. And as soon as you start looking elsewhere, it means there's, a la- there's brokenness somewhere. It's not in your wife, it's in you. It's not in your spouse, it's in you. It's not in Jesus, it's in you. It's not in the world, it's in you. And that's why he says, go away from her, don't go near her house. Verse nine says this, lest you give your best strength to others and your years to the one who was cruel. You're about to give the best of yourself the best of who God created you for to somebody else, to something else, not to God. You're about to give away what God's given you. And it's not just your wife. It's the authority, the stature, the call of God that God's given you. You're about to give it away. Give your best strength to others. You're about to give your best time away. Your years to the one who is cruel. You're going to give your best strength away. You're going to give your best time away. You're going to give years away. You're going to give your life away. You're going to give your lifetime. You're entering into a lifetime of pain and suffering. You're going to give your time away. Stop wasting your time. That's what he's saying here. Don't waste your strength. Don't waste your time on an illegitimate relationship. Your best strength means your ability. You're going to give away that God made you, give away what God made you for. Don't do it. Don't do it. Holy Spirit, I pray that you're speaking to people right now. And even if it's for one, Look at verse 10. Lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich another man's house. This is going to cost you financially. This is going to cost you financially. The Bible says it, friends. God says you enter into this thing, you go down this road, it's going to cost you financially. You're going to enrich others. You're You're going to enrich the porn company. You're going to enrich the whatever thing you're getting involved in. He says, don't do that. Don't give, your, don't give your riches to another. Don't build the riches of another because of the brokenness in your own heart. You see, friends, the adulteress is not cheap. You're gonna give your finances away. Look at what else he goes on to say there. To, to enrich another man's house. It's not gonna come back to you and your kids. It's gonna go to others. Friends, I know this might be hard and tough, but I feel like God is talking to some people this morning. Look at verse 11. At the end of your life, you will groan when your flesh and body are spent. It's hectic. You're gonna live in regret. 
you're going to groan with regret. Your flesh, your physical body is going to become a bag of bones, you say. It's going to take a physical toll on you. Please don't do it. Please cut it off. Please take the long way around. Please run away. Please cut it off. Please cut that relationship off. Find out what's wrong. Get some help and get back to your spouse. You will say how I hated discipline. How my heart spurned correction. Friends, what I'm doing this morning is disciplining and correcting you now. Um, It's the word of God coming in a moment to a community saying, actually, I want to bring correction. I want to bring discipline to you so that it can go well with you. Because I love you and I don't want to see your marriage and your kids broken and your wife broken and your husband broken. It's amazing because actually it shows you how you get there as well. The reason why you're in this relationship is because you've spurned discipline. You've had got nobody talking into your life. You become untouchable. You know everything. I want to tell you, the Bible says you don't. You lose your mind. You don't know everything. Don't do it. Verse 13. I would not obey my leaders, my teachers, or listen to my instructors. You said, actually, I know better. I'm untouchable. You know nothing. Stan, you're an idiot. You know you should see the person that I'm married to. You wouldn't be think, saying that to me if you knew. I don't know who the person that you married to, ma'am or sir, but I know Jesus does, but I know Jesus, and Jesus can fix anything. If you're humble enough, and if you want him to enough, but you, they, they, you, you need to want him to. It's quite simple, it's not, not complicated. Verse 14, I've come, I've come to the brink of Atarun in the midst of of the assembly. What's so frightening about that, friends, is that this can happen in the midst of a worshiping, Holy Spirit-filled church community. As to tell you one word, the reason why this happens, and I saw it happen in a church where there's just this fighting. One word, isolation. You've become isolated. You think you know better. You think Jesus is a joke, actually. And you've isolated yourself and you thought, actually, you know what? I know better. They know nothing. The Bible is, yeah. And what happens is, it says there, look at it again. I've come to the brink of utter ruin in the midst of this incredible community. I want to say to you this morning, we're taking ground in marriages. We're not losing ground. Marriage is a kingdom building block. It's your basic, basic building block of the kingdom is family. And if the, if the enemy can get into your family, he can get into the church. He can mess everything up. The capacity that you have when your marriage is in trouble is completely reduced. 
The capacity that a church has to minister when the marriages of the church are in, in trouble completely reduces because it goes around forming and, and, and looking after marriages instead of reaching out for people. Our marriages need to be strong. And I feel like God specifically wanted this morning to say, actually, if you're in this place, you need to repent. You need to get out of there. You need to run away. You need to come back into the community. You need to go and speak to somebody. I'm not going to ask you to come up and put your hand up, obviously, this morning. But friends, if you can hear God this morning, you need to be hearing God and saying, actually, I need help. Go and get help from your friend. Don't get help from your friend that's going to tell you what you want to hear. Go and get help from your friend who's Bible-based, who's Holy Spirit-filled, that can take you to Jesus, that can take you to a place of wholeness and expose the brokenness in your own heart and expose, expose the lies in your own mind so that you can get back to the truth of Jesus. Tough word, eh? But you know what, friends? Sometimes we need a little bit of a, mm, yo, Lord. Because we've actually got a picture of Jesus being Father Christmas, handing out gifts and living for our benefit and living for our individual comfort. And actually, God is saying, you know what? We're taking ground. There's a war at hand. And actually, it starts at home. And it starts with you and your wife. Get back together and sort things out. And I would never ever say to you, get back together and sort things out as though just, you just need to get into the presence of God and that's it. No, 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 friends, you need to get back into the Bible. You need to be back with God and you need to get back in community. You need to be speaking to people because these are deep-seated emotional things that actually need to be sorted out through, through friends that will come alongside and pray and not bring judgment, but bring health and life into your marriage and into your thinking. Do not trust your thinking when you're in this place. Let the word of God be your compass in the midst of the mist. When you can't see, go to the word of God. Let, if the Bible says, actually, I'm going to lose my mind if I'm in, in this. Start to think, actually, I can't let myself think in this moment. I've got to get some help. I've got, I need external intervention into my life. And I pray that this morning, God is going to speak. Or God is speaking. Or God is arresting. People on the brink of making bad decisions. In Jesus' name, amen.